it's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out The Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, so just do us another check, please. Sure. I'm reading about white supremacy. Oh, my God. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Hello, welcome back to the Stadio Podcast, Ringer FC. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? It's already begun. It's Thursday morning. I woke up this morning. <laughs> I woke up this morning. <laughs> and I got out of bed and I walked to my kitchen to make coffee. And literally, whilst I was pouring the coffee in the filter, I started going. It's a tune though, isn't it? I hate it's it. It's a tune. It's the biggest earworm. It's good, but I it's good though. It. It's, it's good just... though. I'm intrigued by this because what if actually... Is this a what if? What, what if it's the direct descendant of that kind of like Venga Boys type vibe? What if it's like a Europop producer, someone who's basically transitioned to making like scores? I'd be fascinated to see who's behind the production of that. Do you know what I think they should have as the uh, Europa League anthem? Should be the theme from The Littlest Hobo. Oh, maybe tomorrow I'll settle down. Yeah. Oh my, that is such, a, that is a tune. Now that is the Europa League anthem. I mean, look at the lyrics. There's a voice. Keeps on calling me. <laughs> God. Down the road. That's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow... I'll want to settle down, a.k.a. Champions League qualification. Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on. Yeah. That is the most hot. You know, it's so funny. I, don't, I can't believe that our parents, they talk about violence, whatever. <laughs> you know, violent Brutal. programs. Our, tr- our parents allowed us to sit there and absorb. <laughs> yeah, like Charlie Brown, right? Charlie Brown. I think people will probably, anyone who follows me on social media will probably be aware that I'm quite a big Snoopy mm. fan. 
Not a kid's show. Not at all. Not a kid's show. When you watch it as an adult, everyone on that show is absolutely fucked. And so aware of their mortality and their yeah. place in the world. Yeah. And Schroeder just keeps it moving on that piano. Schroeder's like you. Schroeder's like you. <laughs> Schroeder's like you. I'm just, I'm, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just keeping it moving. Keep, keep moving, keep pushing, doing my poetry, doing my writing, doing my podcasts. And everyone's just like, Moose and Moose. And you're just like, just, if I ever do an actual, book. here's another book I've done, here's another book I've done. If I ever do a text search, the amount of times people feel like, oh, how are you doing? I was like, oh, yeah, just writing away as usual. If I do a text search for that in my emails, I'll find like a thousand messages I've sent like that. Or I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, just writing, just, you know. I suppose we should probably start the podcast. Do what we're here yeah, to do, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't asked how you are. How are you? How are you? Um, I'm good. After all of that. You know, it's funny. It was weird. I was having quite a, uh, a, a difficult day yesterday, I'll be honest, because I was in this weird point where I was in between large projects and I'm fine as long as I'm working, but there was nothing to do. So there's lots of sort of empty space. I was kind of sitting there like, you know, I'd cooked a bit, I tidied a bit, and I was just like, mm, this is a bit flat. Then I got an email out of nowhere from someone that had no idea of the impact of that email. And it was like, just receiving that one message about, yeah, we really like this, gave me the energy magically to like, leave the flat and go for a wander. And it was, it was really weird how in this space we're in, this strange space, the smallest things are magnified. Everything's mm. weird. Like everything has too much resonance, like a, a message or a piece of good news or bad news. Everything means more. That's like the echo, the kind of social echo of a moment is much bigger than it was before. That makes sense. Mm. So yeah, but I'm, I'm good. I'm generally good. I believe you got a book out, right? Oh, it's coming. <laughs> Been a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. My book is coming out on the, oh, there's actually, for those in the UK, if you read The Guardian or The Observer, there should be a piece in there about a new book I've got coming out. That's this, this Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure it's one of the two. When is the book out? April 15th. April 15th. And it's called One, one of, of them. them. Yeah. Should we do an Instagram live about it soon? We should probably do an Instagram live, shouldn't we? So let's do it. Uh, oh, that's very kind. Um, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Actually, do I mean, we'll do 30 seconds on the book and then we'll talk about catfish. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, very proud of you, man. Thanks, man. It's very kind. Very kind. More books than podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, technically, Writer's House, it's 2-2. Two, two. Oh, I actually meant episodes, oh, yeah. like a single episode. <laughs> yeah. Moose has actually wrote 45 books My goodness, yeah. Some admin. Well, before that admin, we hope everyone's staying safe and yep, well. Yeah, the most important admin. Getting vaccinated yeah. if you can. Props to the vaccine crew. Indeed. Going about their lives. I was going to say, people getting vaccinated, like they just don't care. How does it feel being vaccinated? Like, do you feel the power surge through you? It'll be like Palpatine when he takes the powers at the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, what was it? Rise of Skywalker. Good, good. That's Get it, the vaccine one. flow through you. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that's me. Like when I get vaccinated, just like, just my face, like, like I come out of there and I do that whole, like that weird thing he does with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> that's me coming out of the vaccinated. Like bolts. whenever I get vaccinated. <laughs> big noise. Yeah. But we, we hope everyone's staying safe and well doing okay some admin you were on writer's house this week yeah that was great i really enjoyed it that. was really fun man it was a great episode really enjoyed that just two unks talking about how people just don't dress the same they don't anymore get it anymore for the first 10 <laughs> don't minutes know they're born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was very funny uh, you can check our stadio outros playlist on spotify just search for stadio outros we play out a different piece of music every episode and we put them into a spotify playlist the newest one is at the top and 
don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash football. Uh, no, it's not. It's forward slash soccer. There's going to be a couple of pieces going up next week and the week after. Got some stuff lined up that I'm really excited about, actually. And I think that's everything. Yeah, that sounds about it. Yep, yep. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing in the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All right, so today we're going to talk Champions League. Uh, before we do talk Champions League quickly, there was another Bass Derby on Wednesday. Real Sociedad drawing one all with Athletic Club in La Liga. I love those little fixture anomalies when they come around really quick. Back to backs. So when, when Atleti had that absolute horror week against Levante. Oh, awful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a couple of, <laughs> a couple of big games in Serie A, Inter 1-2-1 over Sassuolo and Juve beat Napoli 2-1. It was a really important win for Juve because, I mean, they went back above Atalanta into third in the league. Yeah. They're still 12 points off Inter who look to have the league absolutely yeah, wrapped up. Yeah, they're playing on the front now of Milan. But it means that, in, uh, that Juve have closed the gap on Milan in second. Do you see the rumours about Lorenzo Insigne maybe heading to Milan? That is... Mm. An extremely strange like, uh, movement because he's Mr. He's Mr. Napoli. Yeah, he? he is. It's funny though because it makes a kind of sense because in terms of consistent playmaker, I can see that working. I mean, he's great. Arsenal were after him a few years he's ago. A I think there's a load he's of rumours. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think he's great. Would they begrudge that? With that, with that, I don't know if that Napoli-Milan Ooh, rivalry. Mm, yeah, that's know, a needle though. there. That's mm. still a lot of needle, that Napoli-Milan. That is a... Uh, if you're going to look at it in terms of purely table, there's a four points gap between them. But also like just the energy. What's the energy there? That, I don't know if that transfers the most. Mm. Well, you know, there are some clubs you can move to the same country where it's not so bad. Big culture shock that though, going north. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. But anyway, um, so today let's, let's talk Champions League. So we'll start with uh, Bayern, PSG. Yeah, I think we should Bayern PSG because that's the biggest pressure point, I think, of all the ties. And what is it with Bayern and conceding three goals when it snows? Yes. <laughs> was it who did it? Was it Bielefeld did it against? Yeah, basically the one my one takeaway from this game is that PSG are exactly as good as Bielefeld. <laughs> yeah. Well, no shame in that. Uh, they both try to play enterprising football when they're not being pinned back by Bayern's <laughs> tidal wave. This was such a fascinating game. Mm. It had like multiple like all the best Champions League games, it had like multiple phases where you see everyone adjusting and adjusting and adjusting. I loved it for that. Impossible, I think, to begin without mentioning the impact of COVID on this fixture. Serge yeah. Gnabry out because of COVID. And, you know, we have to see it in that context. I think it's important to always remember that. But the game itself, so PSG winning 3-2 at Bayern. This was the most impressive European performance, arguably for um, 
for Neymar, I think, since he's joined PSG. Like not because he was on the ball the most, but in terms of the most effective. I mean, Neymar's also been out with injury. That's absolutely right. But in terms of his impact at key moments, he absolutely stepped up. And it's funny because Neymar's always given Bayern a difficult time in the Champions League. That's, he's done that primarily as a goal scorer in the past, but this time as a creator, mm. break into the open field, just watching Neymar run at the heart of the, of, of the Bayern team. He did that for the opening goal to create that, you know, the assist for Mbappe, but it wasn't just that he did it. It was the symbolism of it. It was the, the that, that's the team that's been sent out knowing that Bayern are going to be like with the onslaught and Neymar basically going, I'm fearless. Mm. And to me, that was like, that's the Neymar that lit the world up. You know, then his, his brilliant assist to Marquinhos for the second goal, who, you know, Marquinhos, like my love for Marquinhos as a player is oh, well yeah, And then he went straight off with a groin injury. Oh. And, but you know, what was funny about that. He went off with a groin injury and you, because the tie was so finely balanced, you immediately knew that will have a huge impact on this tie. Like, yeah, and it basically the did, margins, yeah. yeah, it did. Because the next, the next attack that they had, I think Danilo failed to supervise Chupamoting mm-hmm. um, and it was 2-1 all of a sudden. Mm. Um, so the balance was so fine and also on the triple promoting that I was in touch with um, Callum Jacobs uh, last night Caracom editor and I'm sure you won't mind me saying this the disrespect that triple promoting gets from pundits yeah. Yeah, that, has to be t- that has to be talked about that's ridiculous that's shameful like oh he was at Stoke who would have thought well actually smarter people than you would some have very thought. very very good yeah. players went through Stoke City at uh, a certain period in Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Some very good players. Absolutely. And they didn't get a great shake for various reasons. And they went on and prospered elsewhere. You know why? Because they're just really good footballers. And this weird thing about, oh my goodness, who can believe Chuba Moting? Actually, yeah, he's a really good footballer. And there's a common thread there of like, you know, you see it with, and not to name names, but you see it with the whole people like disregarding what's happening with European football, with um, English footballers who play in Europe. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it in mainland Europe, it doesn't matter. You've got to be doing it in the Premier League or nothing else matters. It's this weird knuckle-dragging mentality. Yeah, I, I mean, mean uh, there's, yeah. there's been a little bit of talk around, obviously, with people's England squad selections that happened on Monday night. But back on the Chupa Moteng thing, I mean, basically, obviously, you mentioned the COVID thing, but PSG were without Verratti as well, for Co- who uh, is out for a few weeks with COVID. Big absence. And, and Ali Forenzi as well was out, although his absence less integral. But with Chupa Moteng, he reminds me a little bit of... Um, like in terms of mould and in terms of the wider public's attitude towards him, I think maybe less so over the last couple of years because I think it's, you know, it's been romanced a little bit by his departure, but he reminds me a little bit of Olivier Giroud because... Yeah, that's a fair shout. They're never going to be 40 goal a season strikers, but they offer much more than just goals. And... They never don't put in a shift for the team as well. I mean, you're seeing it with Timo Werner this season, for example, like how people maybe have this like singular idea of what a striker mentality should be. Mm. And not all strikers are killers and not all strikers are just goal machines. Like a lot of strikers are there to get other people involved. And I think one of the things that has maybe been harshly criticised in terms of Timo Werner this season, using him as an example, is that he never doesn't put in a shift. You never see him down tools. You never see him not putting in the effort even if it's not working out for him to get other people involved like Mount's goal the other day prime example on yeah yeah against West Brom in the 5-2 yeah yeah Chupa Moting's like that like Chupa Moting has come up with really important goals he came up with important goals last season for PSG in the Champions League didn't he score that one against Atalanta right at the end which got them through um 
I think he scored the winner in that. And he, he came on and scored a couple of really important goals in the league for PSG last season yeah. as well. I think there was one, it may have been against Rennes away. And I think he came on with 20 minutes to go and basically got PSG back into the game and Tuchel went to him a lot. Do you know what it reminds me of actually? Alan Boxic. Not in terms of playing style, but in terms of the contribution. And Boxic was part of that outstanding Juventus team. You didn't hear him mocked. And I think it's actually like the, the striker that doesn't score that many is less mocked, I would say, in mainland Europe than in the UK, I think. Like just this very sort of anecdotal, but it does seem like that player that brings players in. And they get, actually, Giroud was a funny one. He was very good again last night, actually, in terms of his build-up mm. for the second goal. So, you know, it is a, sometimes in football, the pieces don't always, oh, well, Dirk Cout went through that as well, didn't he, to an extent, Liverpool. Yeah. Sometimes the pieces aren't always, they're not as reassuringly pretty as people would like to think. So you look at it and go, oh, well, that person should, when I say pretty, I mean like, okay, 25 goal a season striker, bang, yeah, but what else do they do? And it was funny when Pep Guardiola turned up at Man City and he was like, Aguero needs to do more. People were like, what? Like, scores like a goal every like 80 minutes or whatever. What more does he need to do? Or what does, and Pep was like, mm, actually, you look at Man City now and no one is saying Pep didn't know what he was talking about. No one's saying it. See, I, I always find that really interesting. I know that, you know, Chupa Moting to me, he's interesting because he illustrates a wider point with football, actually. Um, and that's something that Thomas Muller suffered from as well. What does Muller actually do? Yeah, I was actually going to talk about Thomas Muller next. Yeah, let's go into that. Whilst obviously Bayern don't have Lewandowski and that is difficult for them because any club in world football would miss Lewandowski. Losing Lewandowski and Serge Gnabry for a game like this, that's big. If you lose Lewandowski and you have Chupa Moteng who can go in there, you have a goal threat from Serge Gnabry. Like Serge Gnabry will score goals. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about Chupa Moteng is that he allows Bayern to bring other people into the attack. Like I yes. think Robert Lewandowski does this as well. I think Robert Lewandowski's link-up plays very underrated yeah, because yeah. of his goal scoring ability. But what Chupa Moting does really well is that A, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a pain in the ass to defend against actually because he's yeah. a big dude. Um, you know, he's like six foot three and very, very good at linking the play. Yeah. But also extremely good in the air. And he can finish and he's a real he's a real <sighs> he is a problem. He I would think, come up on the people. list if you know if you ask centre backs around Europe yeah. anonymously, yeah. he would come up surprisingly high. People would be like, what? Him? They're like, yeah. yeah, no, that guy's, yeah. This isn't us chucking hyperbole out there because of one performance in a game that they lost. I just think it's, again, like an underappreciation of someone who, yeah, he's never going to be a 100 million euro striker. Mm. You know, at the age of 29, went from Stoke to, to PSG. Did pretty well at PSG as a, as a backup centre forward and then got that move to Bayern. Also, PSG is not easy because you're playing with different attackers every week. Very, Icardi, very Di Maria, yeah. Mbappe, yeah. Neymar against defenders that have been planning for you all week. You, you have to like combine. It's very difficult to combine that well with all those different mm. forwards. It's not easy. Mm. Like I say, you never see him not putting in a shift. And someone who's very aware of their role. Yeah. Players like Chupamoting are as integral to a squad makeup as an Mbappe. You saw it with Keita at Barcelona. Similar yeah. thing. Yeah. The ultimate role player, like where you just come in and you're like, you execute. It's, it's yeah, a big you deal. Need, yeah. You need people like that in the squad because you can't have 15 players. Can't have the, 10 princes, no. No, you can't. you can't. Yeah, whilst Bayern struggled in a lot of moments against PSG, I thought he was a real positive for them, as was Thomas Muller. Yeah. I think if they had had Serge Gnabry there, they may have taken a couple more chances 
than because they did create some stuff by and they created a lot of chances. And I thought Alfonso actually, Davis said afterwards with the swagger, he was like, We had 31 attempts. He was like, <laughs> yeah. We did well. Yeah. You know what's funny with this game and this result? I think in a funny way, Hansi Flick won't be too upset with that because I know that PSG have got three away goals, but ultimately, without there being crowds there, both mm. games become shootouts. Mm. He'll be like, fundamentally, our job is to score twice, but I back us to do that. If I was a Bayern fan, I'd be like, we could still fancy our chances out there. Oh yeah, I mean, they, only uh, need, they need to win by two clear goals, which you wouldn't put that past Bayern. What you do have to say, I, what I do have to say and draw attention to, I suppose, is you know, Leroy Sané struggled out there. Mm. Um, and I don't say this to single him out, I just say it because this is the type of game that Leroy Sané is meant to be a decisive player in. And now, we started on the right, there was talk about that, him struggling there, and some might say, well, you've been bought and you should play wherever because you're an elite player. I think he plays well from the right against teams of a lesser quality, but I think that he's most devastating on the left and he's a slight victim of circumstance because Coman is maybe more effective on the other flank. Flick was thinking, well, okay, like adapt to it. But Sané on the left is a vastly different proposition, you know, against elite opposition than Sané on the right, because you just know what he's going to do as an elite defender. He will cut in, he will, and it, it's pretty obvious where he's going to cut as well. And they kind of, they, they handled him pretty well. Mm. I don't think PSG will have that much joy against the Bayern attack in the second leg, actually. PSG, like you said, losing Marquinhos was key. Yeah, it's huge. Them. Yeah. They were saved really by, well, two players that can make the difference in, in Neymar Genius, yeah. and yeah. Kylian Mbappe. I thought Kylian Mbappe was brilliant. With Bayern, the fact that they lost Goretzka after her what? Half yeah. an hour. That's a bad loss, Goretzka. And then they lost Nicolas Zula as well, who, whilst he didn't have a great time for the first PSG goal, is actually quite an under, un, underappreciated part of that Bayern defence. Yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously a mishap from Neuer, which you... Don't expect. It was funny. The, fir the first goal's funny because the, the weird thing is, if Mbappe hit that properly, I think Neuer saves it. If, if, Mbappe, if Mbappe hits it across goal, mm. which everyone in the world was expecting, apart from <laughs> Neuer, basically... And then he got um, one Gnau and Diaya. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Flipping some German. Yeah. Gnau in Diaya. <laughs> the literal translation is exactly in the eggs. Yeah. In the or eggs. Or like right in the eggs. Yeah. The eggs are what they are. <laughs> so yeah, the opening goal was maybe Neuer's, I would say like it was down to Neuer. But yeah. It was, the, a f it was, it was his the, fault. Yeah. Mbapp Mbappe's second. This was brilliant. Carbon actually. copy World mm -hmm. Cup 2018. Mm-hmm. And he cuts in off the flank and then wrongfoots everyone. And the, the thing is, you freeze the frame. You look at that goal, you freeze the frame and you have Boateng, Alaba and Neuer. You have like three of the great guardians of Bayern's legacy of the last decade. Mm. And, and Mbappe has them all on toast. On toast. Like he's outthought them all. And there's a moment when like Neuer claps sarcastically after the goal and he could almost be clapping Mbappe. He was like, yeah, you got me. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like when you get taken, when the villain gets taken away at the end of the movie and the detective's just standing there and the villain's like, well played, son. Well played. I think the second leg is going to be extremely fun. It's a superb fun. game of football this year. Yeah, this was really yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the other game from Wednesday, sure. which was uh, Porto nil, Chelsea 2. Right. Two extremely good Chelsea goals. My Beautiful. God. Mason Mount's goal was unbelievable. And actually, so was Ben Chilwell. Do you know what they both reminded me of? They both reminded me of like five-a-side goals. 
where there's one really good player on a five-a-side pitch. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the only ones that have actually got molded yes. not trainers. Yeah. <laughs> they may not be in the best shape compared to what they used to be, but they still have the best touch and finish of anyone on that pitch. They just float past people. And yeah, that first yeah. touch and finish for Mount's goal was so good. I love it when a midfielder hammers the ball into feet. Yeah. I love that. Like just rips it into feet in the final third. The way Mount takes it is so clean. They'll be teaching that in like, you know, like all those coaches, when the people get out and start teaching again, they'll be like, the coaches will be like, see what Mason did there? See how he rolled his man? See how he rolled his man? See what he did there? It's glorious. And there's, there was a lot of talk about the keeper should have saved it, but no, I think that the, the speed, really good finish, I thought, yeah. the speed of it, brilliant from Mount. Really, yeah. really superb. Yeah. Ben Chilwell's goal was great as well. That was a forwards finish. Right foot as well. And he looked so calm about it. It was his first Champions League goal. And if I was Ben Chilwell, I would have lost my mind. Well, the thing that. is, the, the amazing thing was that his first touch was like, it was the right foot to begin it. Like he anticipated it. So he actually, his first touch was good enough with his, with his wrong foot to cushion the ball being played out. That's what I thought was so impressive. And then like, Chilwell is like, he's so, and this is not meant to be a sarcastic or reductive thing. You know, like in every football club, there is one guy who's like always eight out of 10. But every club you join, every amateur club you join at whatever level, there's always one player that's like, and it's normally a fullback actually, eight mm. out of 10, and they just never make a mistake. And like, you'd notice them when they're away for like a mate's wedding or something, but you, you basically only ever notice them when they make a mistake. Chilwell's like that. Like he's just, he shuts down the left side. And what I love about his game is that he's, he's got goals in him mm. and he always steps up with a big assist when he needs. Yeah, I really like Ben Chilwell. Oh, he's a fantastic player, yeah, yeah. When Conceição said after the game that he thought that Porto deserved more than what they got. They deserved a penalty, I thought. Do you think? Yeah. That looked like, I mean, Morega was like, he was perplexed. He wasn't like, when he got pushed in the back of his Azpilicueta, he'd, he turned around and he wasn't like, ref, he was just like, ref, what are you doing? Mm. It, was, it was genuinely, it's the most convincing penalty appeal I've seen. I mean, I saw it anyway and thought, that looks like a penalty. And then I saw Morega's face and I was like, yeah, that is a penalty. He was just like, what? Really? We're not doing this? Yeah, yeah. I thought they deserved something for that. I mean, I think it would have been really interesting for the second leg going in 2-1. And they were fairly enterprising as well, Porto. I you thought know, they were they good, man. Yeah, I thought yeah, they, yeah. Created, they created quite a lot of chances. From a neutral's perspective for, for the tie, it would have been great to see them get a goal yeah. at least. Because we've seen it with what they did to Juve. Like, if they really dig in, they can really cause team problems. And I think that what they did with, because obviously they conceded possession to Chelsea, and I thought Chelsea's ball movement was great. I thought they were passing the ball really well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard to look past Chelsea at this point. I mean, on balance, I mean, you know, Pulisic at the bar, great effort. And it was a bad mistake for the second goal for Chelsea. But yeah. on balance, on balance, 2-0 is it's not wildly unfair as a scoreline. I tell you what, the commentators were loving the Corona puns. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I mean, Poor Corona. Fill, fill your boots. Yeah. Yeah. He can't wait for this to be over, can he? Yeah, I bet. I mean, for Chelsea, massively important and positive performance and result after the defeat of the weekend to West Brom. There have been so many people waiting to jump on Thomas Tuchel for some reason. I don't really know why. I mean, we know, we know why. We know why. I think whenever someone enters the English game with an air of sophistication, there's a kind of like, let's take this person down. There's an element of that. There's always an element of that. The trick is to turn up looking a bit like Detective Colombo. Yeah. A bit, a bit like, oh, like, you know, like a bit like Ranieri type energy. Everyone turns into Ewoks when something like that happens. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like we're firing fears. We got him. Yeah, we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Why the whole football media turn into Ewoks? Do you know what's funny? Ewoks, so you're completely man. right. When they got beaten, that was like the Imperial Walker being yeah, down, but they were like, dancing on the carcass. Like, <laughs> that is another piece of football terminology, Ewoks. Don't Ewok, man. I'd be like, that's, I, think that's a, I think that's, yeah. That's Why the thing, the Ewoking. Seen, uh, this pundit. Yeah, the Ewoking, Ewoking again. Big Ewoking time again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ewoking when you're suspicious and you're lusting for the downfall of a foreign player or manager who seems suspiciously intelligent. That's Ewoking. Bringing down someone with far greater resources than your own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, man, let's go to Tuesday. Yes. I would like to talk about Manchester City 2, Borussia Dortmund. So would I. One, because I think Manchester City got away with one here big time. I agree. Let's focus on Borussia Dortmund first because I actually thought that despite the result, and obviously a massive concession of possession to Man City, I thought that they were extremely unlucky for a start not to go level with the Jude Bellingham goal. I cannot, I cannot figure out for the life of me why that goal was disallowed. I think I've got an idea. Well, the only thing was that I can assume is that because his studs were potentially right, because showing. because the penalty that he awarded and then overturned, mm. same thing, high foot, and then he was like, ah, oh, I didn't quite get it right. But I don't think it was that high. And also he was there so much earlier than Edison was. It was, never, no, I agree. In, it was I agree. never in danger of being an actual foul. I agree. I think it was absolutely, um, Bellingham should have been allowed the goal, but I think that's where the referee's headspace was from. Yeah, but also though, if you think about it, Edison's about to kick it. Yeah. So does that mean it's a high foot? It's a bit like, come on. I don't think, for example, if that's in the Premier League, and I hate, oh God, here we go. I'm, I'm Ewoking. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't think it's disallowed. I think it's given. No, I think, I think, but we've said this, I think it is, is that ref's particular attitude towards high feet? Because like I said, he gave the penalty and he was so, he was so kind of like, that's a penalty. And they overturned it with VAR. He didn't rescind Emre Chan's yellow. He didn't, which was weird. I know that was, that was a mistake. It was like no foul, no penalty. Oh, but you still got a yellow. So but that's the headspace that he was in, I think. The goal had basically gone. If he hadn't whistled, I think it would have been upheld, right? Because, well, everyone saw the replay. But I think the ref was just a bit trigger happy on the whistle. 
And it's a shame for Dortmund because especially where they started that game, we talk about like hammering the ball and defeat. Some of that passing, that is a congested midfield they're passing through, was really audacious. Yeah. It was beautiful. Some of it was masterclass, actually. Well, I think was, this is the thing, yeah. like when, when Dortmund don't show fear. Right, yes. And yes. they realise that they're a good football side. Yeah. They can do this to teams. First leg against PSG last season, another prime example. Yeah. And I really do believe that whilst he hasn't had a, a track record, for example, of like winning Champions Leagues or winning multiple league titles in Germany, I think Marco Rosa has the self-belief and the intensity to kind of turbocharge that Dortmund side because he's probably going to be their most intense, he'll be their most intense manager for a while. And I think also, I'm really happy for Marco Royce because Marco Royce is, I think he's taken a lot of flack. I mean, I've seen people criticising his assist or goal production, even though he <laughs> spent a number of time out and his roles changed over the last few years. And he's no longer, he's not a primary goal scorer or creator for Dortmund anymore. However, I think he's still a really, really important part of that squad. And I think we said before, like how even as he ages, it would be great to see him there. Yeah. To see him stay there because even if he gets half an hour or 45 minutes every week, what he gives to that squad is so important. The lineage there, like, and also the way they combine. The goal, the goal, the goal. Can we just quickly talk about this? Okay, right. Because all of it highlighting aspects, you know, key aspects of the, the three players involved. So Bellingham, first of all, shakes down Rodri, shakes him down. And now like hits him with a kind of, with a crossover, right? So good. Kyrie Irving vibes. Yeah, exactly. He loves shifting to his left. This is the thing. He loves going left. Like he did it against Carl Walker. He loves going to a player's favoured side mm -hmm. and owning them. And that, that pass threw off the whole oh, of the City was, back line. It I did. Thought. It absolutely blew them away. So the hesitation to beat Rodri, he did it to Carl Walker in the second half as well in the final third. Puts it into Haaland. And Haaland, again, there's an underrated aspect, which is the playmaking, to put in Royce. And Royce finishing like he's 20 years old. It is a glorious, that is a classic. If you had to basically say, like, what is a classic Champions League goal? You'd be like, it's that. That is what it looks like. That is mm -hmm. like a kind of, it was a masterpiece. But do you remember the Girona, remember the, the Girona to Haaland goal against mm -hmm. PSG? Oh, do I? Yeah, but in terms of a symbolic goal, this, I would say, is a symbolic goal in its own yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And I think it, obviously it came after City scored their own trademark goal, which was again amazing. There's a lot of criticism of Emery Chan, although I think he, the, where he gave the ball away on the pitch, they still had so do you much know time. Do you know why there's criticism of Chan? It's because the margins are so small. Mm. It's an, it, he, he as well, I mean, he was harsh on himself because he was like, against any other team, that's not going to hurt us no. like that. But I just know, like the equivalent of what he did, it wasn't even, that, it was, it wasn't even a square pass, it was a diagonal. But it was a diagonal, that was it. But he knew, he, they, they would have been told because also like they were told clearly to make risky passes. Mm -hmm. They were told to be ambitious and they, they made a lot of passes where you were like, you know when you watch like Busquets back? You know? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, wish, I, wish I, I wish everyone sorry. just got to, got to see the face that I just saw you pull then when you went, they were a bit so, like. Yeah, oh my God. You know when the first time you watch Busquets, you're like, oh, he's just hitting square passes and you really pay attention. You're like, what he's doing is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. You know what Busquets is, you know what Busquets does? The equivalent of what Busquets and Chan do all the time. You know those movies where you have those two guys moving a pane of glass across the road, across the street? <laughs> I was going to draw in another analogy, but go on. <laughs> they're moving a pane of glass across the street, two guys, and they're trying not to get a motorcycle or a car smashing it. That is the difficulty of being a midfielder in a deep line role who's trying to play the ball forward because Every time the ball gets snatched, 
there could be a terrifying counter. The trick is to cross the road without the glass breaking. And Dortmund crossed the road several times in the first 10, 15 minutes. Then they got got. Because if you look at the build-up to the goal, they actually hit a lot of, there were probably passes they, passes they hit. There were probably passes they hit. They were actually as risky, but they came off. That's the difference. I was going to say, like, it was, kind of reminds me of, like, teppanyaki. You know, like, the, the Japanese thing where, like, there's the chefs in the middle with the grill. And he's, like, <laughs> throwing eggs in the air and, like, <laughs> all this shit. You know, yes. it's like... It's like... <laughs> Nothing oh, can go wrong. Like, yeah. if anything goes wrong... Un- Everything. Know, my my <laughs> uncle's getting an egg on his head. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's better. That's better. You know what? The respect for what Chan has to do is only going to come when they start doing proper virtual reality walkthroughs of the actual speed of Champions League games. Mm. And people can actually stand in the middle of it and be like, okay, what pass would you play now? And they're like, oh, this is really difficult. <laughs> this is actually really hard. This one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's talk about, before we move on from this game. City. Phil Foden in particular. Foden first. I was going to talk about two young England players. Foden first. An absolutely crucial goal. A crucial point of the game. I think Dortmund will be extremely disappointed. However, I don't think that this is a bad result for Dortmund. No, I think not taking at all. an away goal home. And they should back themselves to score. Yeah. Yeah. And also with the performance, I think this is about par, I think, for this first leg. I would say so. Foden getting City out of trouble with such a composed finish for that stage of the game. And he was superb the entire game. He's been brilliant though. And this is, I think, the thing about England that's so positive is that they have an unbelievable potential starting 11. Yeah, they do. There's part of me that wants Gareth Southgate to just be like, drop all the guys over 25, drop them all, like, and basically just play this team of young, fearless, next level. Interchangeable. Anywhere the front and, six uh, could do I do apologise yeah. for some um, established pundits, but a team full of generational talents. Generational talents. <laughs> I would like to see a generational talent double pivot, please. <laughs> and I would love to see it. Would you love it? The thing about Foden makes me laugh. When I look at Foden, I'm like, this is a man who looks like he's always ready to receive possession. Mm-hmm. I think Foden could be doing his shopping. He could be in a supermarket at the till and you could like fizz a ball at him and he would turn and he'd trap it. Like he's just always ready to like, he loves, he loves receiving. And this is the thing is he's always square, mm. like to the play. And he's always like, his, his whole body language is always like, um, like he's standing on the half turn ready to break, ready to move. Like he's just, you get, this, you get the sense he's constantly computing, mm. you know? It was a shame for Dortmund that he scored late. But what I would say is it was a just reward, I think, the way he played throughout the game. Yeah, I think both teams will probably be, be happy, right? Yeah, I think Pep's like, they gave us a game there. There's a slightly left field part of Pep that's like, I quite like that it was a skirmish. You know, he quite enjoys it. Like, even though he wants to just win and like hammer teams. Yeah, it's, it's like, a little bit of like yeah. now we're talking energy. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Drew Bellingham super quick because we touched on him earlier. But yeah. this, I think, will be one of those games that people look back on as probably where it changed in terms of his perception mm. back in England. Because right. everything happened very, very quickly for him after his Dortmund move. Like, he was playing very quickly. 
He was starting games very early. He was starting Champions League games very early. And a lot of people were like, he's 17. What's happening? This, like, for his development. But you see that he is ready. I still think he has to be managed, but he's totally ready for it. And the only thing that I would say is that he will hit a wall at one point mm. and level off. It'll take him a little while to then make that next jump, which happens with every single young player. Um, someone responded to that Dortmund thread about saying, you know, Gio Reyna was treading water where it's just, he's 18, he burst onto the scene a year ago. These things happen, especially with the unprecedented year that we've had. It's going to happen more, I think, with the young players because they're in a very, very strange situation. For Jude, I think I'm, yeah, I think I think I will go with him being England's most consistent centre midfielder this season because I've watched a lot of him and yeah, there have been moments where he hasn't had the best game. But the thing that you've seen from him, which has been super impressive, is that he went toe-to-toe with a very, very, very streetwise Sevilla side and wasn't overawed. He wanted all the smoke. He wanted, he wanted all, all the smoke. Yeah. I know we were talking about Rowcastle last week on Wrighty's house, but there's a similar thing with, with Bellingham where he has the, the silkiness, the technical ability, the smoothness of play. And the but toughness. also the buy it. Yeah, yeah. He could be someone coming through for a Spain side in like 2011. Do you know what's the, it's funny you should mention that because when I saw his hesitation dribble to beat Rodri, I thought to myself, that's like a 2015 Barca energy. That's like, really? a, that was a, guy, that's like a guy that came off the bench in 2015 that broke you know the game it's, over. It's like, yeah. it's, like, it's like Fabregas. Actually. Yeah. No, that is actually a great shout. No, it's exactly Fabregas, that. Fabregas like. It's exactly you know what actually that. Was like, yeah. actually, it's like a wrapper like just about to drop on the first, for his first bar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> like when he does that hesitation, he's like, uh, uh, uh. And then the first bar is that him laying on the ball off the hole. <laughs> What's that MF Doom tune where he goes, is it Avalanche? He goes, time out. Yeah. Okay, time back in. It's like that. <laughs> he's like, Rodri, Rodri, time out. I came time back in. <laughs> oh man. Maybe that's a, that's a ringer piece there, I think. MF Jude. Greatest, greatest hip hop entries. Yeah. To tunes. Oh, of course. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, they were just, this is another result I think this week where kind of very much like the buying PSG game where I think both sides will just be like. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. I think yeah, Bayern yeah. probably will be the more disappointing because obviously, I, you know, they're the defending champions, but I think all things considered, set up nicely for the second leg. I agree. I agree. Even though they weren't great, I don't believe the Real Madrid-Liverpool ties over either? I don't. I don't. Especially back at Anfield, man. No, I don't think it's over. I was just a bit concerned by the lack of urgency in pressing. Mm. First time Liverpool haven't had a shot on target in the first half of a Champions League game since 2014. Goodness. So the other game I was watching, I was watching the Dortmund City, uh, City Dortmund. That was my main game. I was flipping onto the Liverpool, the Real Liverpool game. And it was something I didn't notice immediately because I was flipping between them. But then I was like, hang on, like everyone's, talk, everyone's raving about Kroos and Modric who are, you know, they've done really well, but who's actually stepping on their toes? And I was like, is it just me? Like, I'm not, 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 well, obviously it wasn't just me because everyone's watching the game, but I was just like, look, I mean, they were really good, but Modric's assist for Vinicius' second he was unopposed. He walked. Look, we've all seen Modric do astonishing things, right? At Champions League level for several years. But that wasn't it. 
That no, wasn't I mean, a player was, of yeah. Tony Kroos's ability, you give them that much space in the middle of midfield and right. they will spray passes around all day. All day. Yeah. It looked like a YouTube passing compilation, Ryan. Yeah. It did. He was just like hitting that fade, you know, right to left, um, sorry, um, left to right fade with an instep. And I'm like, but who's on him? And mm. I don't know, that was the thing that would concern me for Liverpool, just the intensity wasn't there. And Real Madrid are experts at feeding off a carcass. Mm. They're experts at that. Like they don't care how it looks. They will get it done. They will grind it out. And I was watching that going, if there's any consolation for Liverpool, it's like, kind of beat yourselves. Mm. And that, that, that doesn't sound harsh. I'm trying to say that. That's almost an encouragement. Like these were avoidable mistakes. Yeah. You know, for Asensio's second, uh, Asensio, Asensio's got a second goal for Real, avoidable mistake. Kabak, a bit of confusion with Alisson. That, that sort of, you can see that kind of indecision of, do I just clear it? Do I just hit that out for a, do I hit that out for a throw? Or do I go back to Alisson? He was almost caught in two minds. Yeah, so slightly um, concerned, I suppose, about Liverpool's intensity and maybe some of the selections. Mm. Uh, Thiago wasn't in, Keita was in, Firmino was out and Jota was in. And that affects the entire front line. I just, Real were better, mm. but Liverpool should be disappointed. I think. Yeah. Even with all their missing pieces, and we've talked about that, there's no disrespect to Liverpool, all those missing pieces, but still, still that's underwhelming against a team missing Varane and Ramos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah. That, I think Zidane will be absolutely delighted with that result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Positive thing for Liverpool though, the Salah goal was so aesthetically pleasing. You know when like, because Courtois got a hand on it and it just like ricocheted into the floor and then in off the bar. I was just like, <laughs> ooh. Love a ricochet. Liverpool are going to have to be a lot more intense against Real Madrid in the second leg, which yeah. is obviously extremely basic analysis. But but it's funny because when, I mean, you know, people who watch a lot of European football were looking at the teams before the, the, the game and going, yeah, that midfield is going to struggle. Mm. But they were right. It should have struggled, actually. On paper, mm. that midfield should have struggled considering the intensity Liverpool should have come with. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a question of them, well, not just a question of them raising it. It's easier said than done. But they could find some joy there. Yeah. The back line is not, back line is not, um, it's not a fail safe by any means. No. I reckon that's it for the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. It's good. good. I think so. Sounds good. Feels good. Feels very good. Do you know what else feels good? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> One day we're going to play out with you just singing that, aren't we? Tempting, isn't it? <laughs> Apologies, everyone, for this uh, extremely ridiculous podcast. Well, tough luck. Same when you're getting <laughs> the content none of you asked for. You're going to get it anyway, so sit down. You're going to get. You can't stop it. You can't take it off the feed. It's there. It's out there. Truth out. All right, everyone. We will leave you all to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't forget. You can check theringer.com forward slash soccer. You can check stadio.football as well. Our website is back up. We'll be reformatting some of the old pieces on there and then reposting them. And something comes around that they're relevant to. Don't forget. You can check us on Twitter at stadio. Stadio yep, Football yep. on Instagram. I hope everyone's, yeah, staying safe, staying well. Anything else you want to add, Musa? No, I think we're all good. Uh, we're playing out this episode on So Obscene by Joe Boguer. Stadio Outro's playlist, it will be added to it by the time you listen to this. So go and check it. Are you sure there's nothing you want to pedal? No, no, just happiness for all. That's all I'm peddling. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> Pattering to the base. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> One day, Musa. Pushing the narrative. I'm going to take you down like an Ewok. <laughs> we got him. We got him. I got the great Okwanga. <laughs> Much love, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. Take care, and we'll be back on Monday. See ya. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 